All right. Unfortunately, my microphone actually broke <laughs> because, as you guys know, you know, Mashun just finished his solo trip, but now I'm on my solo trip. Mm. And on, on my way to the solo trip location, just all of my electronics just were mishandled, you know. All of them just wish-washed in my bag. You know, they didn't really go through a good time on the flight. And mm. let me let me just give you a little preface of of what happened before the trip actually started. So, you know, as you as you may know or you might not know, I am currently in La Patty. Patty. Oh. Oh. And and so when I left New York, um I had to get on a 4:30 flight, right? From JFK. Finally, the the plane started moving at like six, which is fine, whatever, right? And then I had a layover in Germany. And so I landed in Germany at like seven o'clock in the morning. And you know, I had to go through border customs, border control, all of that all over again, right? And these people are very um very uh uh mishandling, right? They're really questioning you. Okay. They're very violent with the questioning, especially if you are someone that is darker than oh. uh, a white egg, right? We're, if you are a little bit darker. Conclusions. Yeah, no, no, no. I saw it firsthand. You know, the <laughs> white people pass through very, very easily. If you are East Asian or South Asian, they were really trying to get you to slip up, even if you have nothing to slip up on. Like this East Asian kid like next to me, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm coming to Germany to do my master's. And he was getting grilled. Um, but anyway, I passed through whatever. I didn't have too much of a problem. And then, you know, my plane to to Paris was at 8.30. So finally, I had to go through another TSA because obviously, you know, you have to go through TSA in each country. And I was taking out all my electronics, all my shoes, like everything and putting it in the tray. And then finally, I'm going through like the detector that detects your body. And it wasn't working because, I don't know, my last name is Khan, I guess they like... <laughs> They they they, they the reconfigured word? it right before they reconfigured the system. But anyway, no, that was a little bit sus, right? So it wasn't working, and um, so this woman like really violently like searched me, like she searched through my socks, my shoes. Oh. She took my shoes, put them to the machine, and let me tell you, after what you, flying, what are you hiding in there? exactly, what am I hiding in there? Let me tell you, after this whole day of just traveling and being on the plane, this hot plane and not sleeping. My socks and shoes did not smell the best, you know? Right. I mean, you can't blame a girl. And you know what? At the end of the day, I am glad that it smelled and it hurt her nose. Because oh. the thing is, the thing is, why did she search me that thoroughly? For no reason. Even though that's her job. Okay, but after that, that's not even the worst of it. Then I got my luggage searched. And then yeah. this person took out my hair straightener and scanned it. What does that look like to you? Yeah, and let me tell you, that. it was so hard for me to close my luggage. Like it had to be one of those things where I had to sit on it and close it because there was so much shit inside. This man yeah. didn't even close it. Guys, it's 8.15 at this point. My flight is at 8.30. So I'm running to my gate with all this heavy luggage that's not even fully closed. I get to my gate and it's closed. The, mm. the people that work at the gate, they're like, oh, yeah, we called your last name. You know, the flight's gone now. And I'm like, <laughs> Hello, that because I got randomly selected for questioning, they were like, yeah, you have to get another boarding pass. So then finally I got on a later flight and then I got to Paris and, uh, you know, a whole other shit happened. But 
I am now in Patty mm. learning Frances. No, you're not. Say something oui, French oui. right now. Je m'appelle Mohua. <laughs> so else. I'm trying my best. But anyways, welcome back to Difficult Dish, a podcast about different South Asian narratives. I am Mohua. And I am Mashnoon. And we are excited to actually do this episode because, you know, both of us have had this solo traveling experience. Mashun just came back actually from Colombia yesterday and I just got to Patty um, two, three, three days ago. And so we have a few insights already. You know, I'm, it's only my third day out here, so <laughs> I don't have as much, but I, I feel like I have a different um, experience than you, obviously, because I'm a female solo traveler. So I'm excited to talk about my experience and I, I want to hear the differences you know um yeah you know i was in colombia for a month if you guys didn't know no we didn't did. know <laughs> we didn't know that <laughs> say it every episode um came back last night very sad playing ride i listened to the same two songs literally for four hours i listened to provenza by carol g and i listened to andrea by bad bunny two very mm. good songs mm-hmm. um kept playing them back to back to back to back for four hours just sad man sad loved it you know you know i i think both of us can relate on this but it was very hard for both of us to convince ourselves to go to these places right so remember when you went to colombia in may right right before graduation yeah and that was like that was a hard thing to convince you on because first of all i mean you were in school so you were still stressed but i remember Mm -hmm. like even i think you went for four or five days but I had to convince you heavy to go to Colombia and take this vacation, even though like it wasn't even for that long. Like, what was the reasoning of why you didn't want to go back then? Um, I think a combination of like, honestly, like it really didn't make sense for me to go at that time because I think it was no, I was still in my semester. I wasn't even like close to the semester being done or anything. I was still taking my classes <laughs> and like while I was there like I was literally doing homework and I'm pretty sure I missed some assignments because I was just outside so I think one it was because like the timing was just like it really wasn't the smartest and like part of me just felt like I didn't deserve it you know because like mm-hmm. around that time starting from like maybe like April May um all I really cared about was graduating school like I didn't care about anything else like I wasn't painting I wasn't writing anything i was barely hanging out with people it was just like all i cared about was passing my classes so i was like why am i gonna take this trip when i literally like of course i want to go but like it's not what is like on my mind right now i'm still so thankful that i went and i'm so grateful that i decided to go and i just booked everything and just dipped um but it's like not everybody's gonna kind of have the experience that i did um when i went so I don't know. It's like a high risk, high reward type of thing. But I yeah. was really close to not going because yeah, I remember. I, I remember I had to like fully convince you hard to like buy your tickets and just do it because you know it's something that you've always wanted to do. But I think it's really interesting how you know you said that you felt like you didn't deserve it. But I think that's like a never ending cycle that we always feel like you know like even if we do really deserve it, you know like getting a promotion, a job, or graduating or whatever it is, we still feel like that accomplishment isn't good enough for us to, you know, be selfish with doing something expensive or doing something for ourselves. 
because it's like we have to continue on until we reach another milestone and then it's like a never-ending cycle i think that's true but i think everybody has just those accomplishments that just mean a lot more to them specifically and it's like they'll not like i've accomplished things that i was proud of myself for for like a day and i forgot about it Mm. um but there are accomplishments that i've made that i still think about today like graduating like putting out a book like things like that i felt like i you know deserved a good trip like after i put out the book i went to new york you know, mm-hmm. um, after I graduated, I went to Columbia for a month and, and I went to Mexico. So um, I I think so. But I think like for me, um, school is just like that one thing that like when I know I finished, I, I know I that like once I finished that, I would have enough leverage to convince myself to go to Columbia for a month. Like if I didn't graduate, like obviously I wouldn't be able to go for a month, but like mm-hmm. I still wouldn't have a, been able to convince myself. Um, yeah, but that's me. I mean. What made you want to go to Paris? Well, I wanted to go to Paris for a really long time, right? Like, I've been wanting to go for years. And in 2019, I brought my mom and we went to Paris and Belgium, as some of you might know. And it's been like a dream city of mine for a while. And since I've moved out. Huh? Why Paris? I just, I don't know. When I came here, I really liked, like, the glamour and, like, the luxe and I love I love just like people watching in different cities and you know it's it's like a it's it's nice to just explore a, a city that you don't know the language in and it, it it wouldn't even have to be Paris it could be any other city but I think Paris like really caught my attention just because I've been here before and I just wasn't able to explore it as much as I wanted to so I've always had that at the back of my head but I don't know I just really I think I in my head I always romanticized it and now that I'm here, I still really love it. But I don't know. I really like that city in Europe. I also really love Belgium. So there's just a lot of cities that I want to go to, a lot of countries that I want to go to. But, you know, when I moved out, I had to start paying for obviously like my rent and my bills and this and that. And I kind of put that on a back burner. And it was really hard for me to, you know, put myself first with like traveling again. And especially like when I travel, like, It's usually like when I went to California this summer, I took my brother and I also brought my mom and that was a kind of a trip for them, you know, even though I I, I said, oh, this is a trip for myself because I graduated. This is a trip for my brother because he graduated. It's like a gift to us. But really at the end of the day, it was more for them because they never travel without me. And then when I brought my mom to Paris, that trip was only for her. Like, you know, I had to do very like mom things. And then when I do travel now, it's usually going to Florida to just see you, you know? So it's like, I haven't really done anything for myself. So this was like very much needed. And I think something different from like what you were saying is that I never slow down when I do have an accomplishment. Like even though I did graduate with my master's and, you know, I got this really good GPA that I worked really hard for, I like still didn't feel like I should stop and like actually take this vacation because there's like more work to be done for other things you know so it's like I always just keep going and going and that's really what stopped me this whole time and obviously like the money aspect too I always kept saying like oh no when I get to this point in my life where I don't have to worry about money and then you know three months pass and I'm like at that point no like when I have more money than this blah blah blah. like there's always an issue there's always like a roadblock that keeps stopping you and I think that's what kept me from going for so long, you know. What are you looking to get out of your trip 
in Paris? I don't know. I think now my goal is just to like learn more about other cultures and just be uncomfortable and in the silence and being comfortable in a new country and customs and everything and just you know grow to a point where it's like I don't need to have friends around me or like I don't need to have English speakers around me to feel I guess whole or at home um I don't know I just want to like push myself and see how much I can handle and how much I can do on my own and also just like be creatively growing and um I don't know just like put myself out there because I think when I was in New York obviously I'm going back after a month I just got very accustomed to the lifestyle there and I like I love New York you know um it's always my home but I think I got very used to like my routine and I needed Mm. some sort of change and you know this was very much out of my comfort zone and even though it is scary this was like the push that I needed like I know like you know your sister always told me so much to travel especially when I'm young especially when I don't have as many responsibilities when I'm not married to just like do it because there's so much fulfillment from it. And like, I heard so many beautiful stories about people just solo traveling or traveling in general. And it's like, you know, I always had that at the back of my head, but I never actually did it. And so I needed that push, especially from you. I needed that push from you to like actually book my tickets and just like, you know, say screw it and like stop putting all those excuses in my head, um, you know, and just do it. There were a lot of people that were like scaring you about it too, right? Yeah, that was also a very big thing for me. Um, after I booked my tickets, um, you know, I told a lot of my close friends and family, obviously, that I was going and all this and that. And with good intention, all my close friends and family that have, you know, traveled themselves or have heard, you know, rumors about France and other places, um, they were kind of just like warning me saying, oh, you know, like be careful about like, pickpocketers like living alone like traveling blah blah blah. which like good intention you know they're telling me to like to keep me safe and to keep my you know guard up but at the end of the day I think that just made me more and more paranoid and I wasn't as excited anymore because it's like you know they're kind of warning me more instead of just telling me the good stuff um like one of my close friends she has been solo traveling for years and she actually lived in London she was telling me how she got her phone stolen and like she had to keep like a hidden fanny pack on her and she had to get like an extra SIM card and like not to speak to strangers and all this and that, which is, you know, great because she has a lot of insight in from these countries, but that just like scared me at the end of the day. You know, it's like when you live alone and like you listen to like murder podcasts, you know, like I don't do that Mm -hmm. anymore. It just like makes you more and more paranoid. And it just, it was not like setting me on the right foot. And I think that's like the scary part about a female solo traveler because it's like obviously you have to pay more attention to certain things but now that I'm here um obviously like I still have my guard up like constantly but it's not as scary as I made it to be in my head because like you know if you live in New York like you already have that intuition you already have your guards up so I think I was Mm -hmm. set up with the street smarts already but that was also a really big thing that kind of steered me away because I was like wait can I actually handle it like will I actually be able to you know, solo travel by myself in this whole foreign country without knowing anything there. Um, But I think it's just like people getting into your head um, and to like obviously have that in the back of your head, but also don't forget about the the great benefits that you can have from it too, you know? I think it says a lot about a person when 
like whenever you tell them you're about to do something or you want to do something they like their head just instantly goes to like the bad parts because like you know at least for my trip like or anybody who lives any sort of life like bad things bad things are going to happen they're inevitable and there's nothing that you can do to stop a single bad thing from happening it's always going to happen but it's like people are never able to recollect or reminisce on like any of the good parts because like in order to remember something good that happens you have to remain present and a lot of people have difficulty remaining present but i feel like the biggest thing that i got out of my trip like in order to understand what the good parts are about like traveling you you have to slow down and mm-hmm. i'm grateful that i went to a place in the world where the where the pace of life is just so incredibly slow right like, Same. people people aren't rushing in medellin people mm-hmm. aren't you know running around trying to get from here to there like yeah it's very very slow there and like being immersed in that really gives you a great opportunity to slow down and to actually be be present so mm-hmm. even in this trip like i got lost a few times there were a few people that like i got scammed i told you like i, I <laughs> that's a funny story it's not funny i <laughs> pissed me off but um it's like when i look back at my trip i'm not thinking about any of the bad things that happened you know like none of it comes to mind because mm-hmm. i think that's the greatest benefit out of traveling and especially solo traveling because you are really forced to be by yourself all i can remember are the good things and a lot Mm. of the good things a a lot of the things when i when i think about my trip are the extremely small minute things that i came across like one old lady that said something sweet to me like i think it was like my fourth day i went to a coffee shop at like 9 p.m because i just wanted coffee at 9 p.m and like the barista like I, i gave my card to the barista and she charged me whatever and then like before i left she was like calling me over and she was like trying to explain to me to like not pay in US dollars but to pay in Colombian pesos because like it would just be cheaper for me. And she's mm-hmm. like, she's like a grandma, but she's like scolding me. She's like, and I can't repeat what she said because I was just trying to interpret what she was saying. Um, but it was like a sweet exchange. And at the end, she like gave me a hug <laughs> and it was just like cute. And it's like, I, I think about like these random small things when I think about my trip. So, all in all, it's like, like I really realized and I was having this conversation with my friend earlier today like who I I ran into him in like a coffee shop um it's like people people are so quick to remember all of the bad things that have happened to them when they don't even give any time or energy to really comprehend a lot of the good things that have happened to them when like nine times out of ten there are a hundred times more good things that happen to you in any sort of trip than than bad things you know so I think, it's, I think it's interesting that you said that, you know, you went to Medellin and you experienced this like slower pace of life. And I think that was also with me where it's like, you know, New York is known for its hustle culture. America in general is very hustle culture. I think mostly like, you know, New York and L.A. Um, and it was very hard to slow down and actually like take in my wins and just relax for once and you know stay focused on my goals I think when you have like a monotonous life and you're still doing like the same thing over and over every single day it's very easy to kind of like lose sight of who you are and like your goals and what you want to do in life and I think I needed some sort of like like a redirection and also a slower pace like literally yesterday I was just like walking by like the the river in Paris and 
it, like people are just biking everywhere just like walking they're talking to their friends like just like a normal Wednesday you know it's just so much slower here and like you know restaurants close for lunchtime it's just there's different priorities in different countries and I think when you live in a country or live in a state your whole life it's like you think everything is like that everywhere and you become very like self-centered I feel like um so I just wanted like a new perspective and to just you know take it in and it's been really rewarding so far but I I get people's perspective when they try to warn you about like the bad things like obviously it's coming from a good part in their hearts but at the end of the day like yeah there are so many benefits I was actually very surprised like when my when I told my parents about it um they didn't react like the way that they would have a year or two ago like it was actually really odd I told my mom about it first and she was like excited for me I guess because like I when I took her to Paris I basically brought her everywhere because like you know I was going through like the French directions I was I coordinated all the plans obviously like I did everything and so Mm -hmm. I think she has memory of that and she saw how responsible I was in a foreign country and how I was like you know just bringing her around everywhere I was able to like navigate so easily and I think she has faith in me that I'm able to do the same thing now and also the fact that like like you know last year when I moved out obviously it caused havoc like it was crazy there was so much tension my parents obviously did not want me to move out that I was not grown enough in their eyes but now like a year later because it's been almost exactly a year I think since I moved Mm -hmm. out they trust me so much more now you know so it's like um it it, like it didn't phase them as much as I thought it would have like my dad obviously like he was like oh my god a month you know but it's also like you know he doesn't care at all either you know so I think it's, it's very nice I mean obviously this isn't the case for everyone but especially brown girls but I think it's nice when you know parents finally see you as like a separate entity and they finally like trust you more as a person and allow you to make your own mistakes and allow you to like pursue your dreams you know but you put in a lot of work for them to kind of see you in that way you yeah know, it didn't just happen overnight or happen out of nowhere i think mm-hmm. a lot of people forget about that part yeah i i know a lot of people probably are not on the same boat where their parents are just so accepting with like moving out or traveling alone or whatever it is but you know again it took me a long since high school since like age 15 when i when i'd always be like yeah well i'm gonna move out when i'm 18 like you know when you would always have a fight with your parents and that was like your number mm-hmm. one go-to line and they're like okay yeah. do it and then you have yeah. no money at 18 yeah but yeah. uh yeah it took me a long time of like you know like a lot of people comment on my videos saying like oh just disappoint them just like rebel and then they lose faith in you and like they don't care as much anymore and you can do whatever you want yeah true but that only gets you so far like in high school i rebelled in high school i was that disappointment where like they did not care anymore but also on top of that they were more controlling they had to look over me even more because i was doing exactly the opposite of what they wanted me to do and at the end of the day i don't want them to see me as a disappointment so eventually Mm -hmm. like i got my shit together in college and after and i had to like build my trust back up with them and i finally you know got to this point now so i don't like i i think everyone should rebel and you know take the steps for their parents to become more open-minded through that rebellion but i don't think that it should be done forever you know i think a lot of people hear rebel and they just think about 
like just moving out in the middle of the night and moving across the whole world like you don't gotta do all that but like just like say no sometimes you know yeah hide something small from them just so you can get something like that's rebelling like at least for Mm -hmm. us like at least it was for me like i never did anything so extreme to where like my mom didn't talk to me for a year or like your mom didn't talk to you for a year but like i feel Mm -hmm. like that's where a lot of people's minds go you know I mean, obviously, you know, it's different for each parent. Like some parents are more cold and they are able to just like cut off their kids easily. But luckily that didn't happen with us. So, yeah, obviously, you know, tread the water lightly and however you think it's going to go well with your parents. But I mean, I I guess you'll never know unless you try, you know, so Mm. there's no point in in living in like under their shadow um, if you can just try not to be um what what are some takeaways that you got from your trip in Colombia this past month um, I mean you you literally have been bragging about it in all of our past episodes so I feel like some of our audience members know hold on let me let me look through my notes let me see if I have any takeaways <laughs> I'm telling you I was writing I wrote more in the last month than I did in all of 2022 mm, that's a I good wrote, thing I wrote so much. It's actually crazy. Like yeah. every single I told night. you it's a creative push. Yeah. Just um Yeah, man, I loved it there. I really You know it's, it. it's so funny. My mom asked me why I'm going to Paris and she also asked why you went to Colombia. And like one of the reasons I was like, Oh yeah, you know, like both of us need like a creative um like push and you know, just get more inspired with seeing culture and stuff. And she was like you guys both had to leave the country to get inspired. Like you fully booked tickets to another country. And I was like, yeah, like that's how it is, you know? Yeah. It's it's funny that you say that. Cause like I, one of my friends was texting me and he said the exact same thing of like, I respect your commitment of being creative and just mm-hmm. dipping. Um, but uh, I think I, I came out here for a couple of reasons. I think one of the reasons I came out here is, is just all in all, um, um i wasn't i wasn't i didn't have the opportunity to do a lot in my life when i was like 14 to 20 um and that that was the time in my life when i was really i was really starting to like build dreams for myself and really start thinking about things that i wanted to do in my life and at that time frame i i couldn't do anything um so now that i kind of have the opportunity and the resources to do what I've always wanted to do um I feel like I'm in a point now where I'm like okay I I kind of want to like heal my inner child a little bit and do some of the things that I've been dreaming of for so long and and one of them was to go to specifically Colombia and like to really fully immerse myself like Mm. I did you know like on my Instagram like I didn't post much I didn't like really like showcase much of my trip but like you know on this podcast i'm saying that i did so much and i spent so much time outside i spent so much time with really like real colombian people in real colombian areas and and really first like firsthand got such a good feeling of what that city is like and man it's like i don't know i um I got a lot of I got a lot out of it. I think the biggest thing I got out of was what I said earlier. Um I really learned to slow down. Um I really enjoyed I really learned to enjoy 
the sky and the trees and the sounds and the smells. That's something that like you never really care about growing up in America. And I really realized how much of a bubble America is. Bro, like I met I met this girl from um she's born and raised in India and she went to school in the States and she was just telling me like, you know, she like getting a work visa in America, like it's literally a lottery. Like they just they pick random people. You know, it doesn't really matter like what you're like she she had a student visa to go to Harvard. She was going to Harvard and she still didn't have a promised work visa to stay in America to get a job after she graduates from Harvard. Like it's not promised. So like no job was like trying to hire her because like they don't know if she would have to just like leave the country and why would a job waste their time hiring you when you know even if you went to Harvard if you're gonna leave soon like it's not promised so it's like these little nuances that we don't think about when we're here we don't think about if we have to like if like if our job cares about us having to leave the country regardless of our education like there's so many things that we don't even care about bro like my Vic my friend Victor has applied for an American visa numerous times and always gets denied and now he's at a point in his life where like he's like yo like it is so disrespectful the fact that this person is just judging it is like my future is dependent on this random ass person who knows absolutely nothing about me and it's yeah. like all in all you know i really i was i was just very grateful I've really learned gratitude. I've always known gratitude, but I really, really, really learned gratitude because like all I've known is like how little me and my people in my city have had. I never really understood how hard it is for other people around the world. I you think know? it puts things into perspective. So um, all in all, man, like so I think solo traveling is is the most beautiful. It's not underrated because people do it, but at least in our community of people, you know, obviously like. I don't know how many like like brown solo travelers you you see in Paris. I didn't see any in Medellin. Like that like the Indian person I met was with other Indian people. Um and like I don't know, man. Um like I I know how hard it is. I know firsthand how hard it is because I couldn't do it for the majority of my life when I wanted to. Like I've been wanting to do it since I was 18. I couldn't. I just couldn't. I didn't have enough of abc to do it but um now that i'm older now that i can i'm literally addicted to it yeah <laughs> and um my next one is coming soon already oh wow i'm already thinking about it <laughs> uh no i really like how you said the part about healing your inner child because again i think traveling is such a big dream that we all have when we're younger and it's like you know, we have to wait until we're rich or like we have to wait until we're married. Like for a lot of brown girls, especially, you get told that you can tra travel when you have a husband. You get told that you can travel when you get to like a certain point in your life and that feels like forever away. And it's like, you know, it becomes like this unattainable dream. And I think one of my biggest reasons is that I just wanted to feel like free again in a new city and, you know, have my own life before I get married. And not you know go for that con go for that conventional path that everyone or not everyone but like most people have to usually go on and, and um i don't know i feel like it's very important to learn about your own identity and learn about yourself before you give everything to like a partner 
obviously like it would be very fulfilling to also do the same thing with you and you know travel to places like Paris and London and all these different things with you but I think that's like a whole other experience like traveling with the love of your life and also traveling by yourself or two different experiences that are both fun but like you know different in its own respect that it should still both be done you know but that doesn't mean you only have one and not the other you know yeah because the reality of like when you're so when like i don't think people realize this who haven't solo traveled but me now going somewhere by myself and me going places with people you like you will you can you will not understand how how vastly different the two of them can be like Mm -hmm. you would be having a completely different trip if i was there i would be having a completely different trip if you were with me and i wouldn't have been able to got get out what i got out of that trip if you were there and vice versa for you you know so i think like over like the last like few years i've had like an addiction to learning and experiencing and you know i wrote I wrote this one, I wrote this poem, and like the first two lines to it, I really like. I said something like, uh, I built my willingness to listen off learning the weight of creating dialogue, something like that. I think I butchered it. Um, but I really like that. And I, I basically saying like, I, I didn't realize how much I, I love learning until I really started learning you know, like, until I really surrounded myself with people who could teach me something. Mm. And that's why, like, you know, when you go on trips like this, like, all it is is just intaking from everything, from the, from what you're seeing, from what you're smelling, from every human that you see, like, just different people's mannerisms, how people carry themselves in different countries and different cities, what different cultures find important. Colombians, like, the most important thing to them is, like, dance and music you know like nobody gives a shit about dancing in orlando florida nobody's dancing here but over there it's like it is so deeply ingrained in the culture mm. and like yeah you hear about that but being there so good so different you know so mm-hmm. i don't know i can kind of talk like minusculely about my trip literally forever but yeah this episode is about solo traveling um i i heavily 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 encourage anybody of any age be smart obviously but please don't absolutely like dissolve the idea of solo traveling and think that you can never do it because you can do it if you try well obviously at the end of the day it is a privilege you know there's a lot of money that goes into well, it yeah every, everything time. in the world is a pri- everything no i'm saying like obviously we're telling you to solo travel but obviously like if you don't have the means to do it you know we're not like disrespecting that but yeah if you do have the chance to do it i think you should especially if you're a woman i think a lot of us get fed with fear and you know instead of hearing the benefits of it and we also get told that since we're not a certain race or since we're not you know male we're not able to get certain things or have like certain luxuries but i think that's bullshit and that everyone should be able to experience it but also you know now that i am solo traveling i do have some tips for staying safe and you Mm. know what it's been like as a woman especially in a country where I don't know French and you know any of the customs here so um I mean do you have any I mean you're 
I mean, you still have to say stay safe as a man, but you know, it doesn't really. Yeah, know I the mean, culture, but. Let, let's not absolutely think that like I'm safe because I'm a guy. Like, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Do you have uh, any like, I'm definitely not. Your... Any what? Do you have any trip tick ticks? Do you have any tips from your end? Any trips? Any trips from my trip? Any tips? Um. Um. Don't don't do what I do. My first trip. My first trip, I absolutely, I planned absolutely nothing. I got so lucky. I got incredibly lucky my first trip. I was an absolute dumbass, but God was looking out for me. Um, Just like the places I went, I didn't do any research. I didn't know anything yeah, about yeah, the places don't, do, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Learn from my mistakes. Um, But I, I think a lot of people get scared of of the unknown and fear the unknown i think there were days where like i was just i didn't go outside because i was scared of the fact that i had to face not speaking english and i had to speak spanish Mm -hmm. in order to do anything get anywhere Mm -hmm. order anything buy anything um i had to and that stops a lot of people but it's like i just had to tell myself that like you know, like, this is fun. Like, I in my head, I just turned it to fun. I turned it into, like, a puzzle. I turned it mm-hmm. into, like, an adventure instead of, like, oh, my God, I'm feeling so anxious and I'm so scared and I'm so this and I'm so that. Like, no, like, let me go, fi- let me go see how much I can do <laughs> not knowing Spanish. Mm. Let me see if I can order A, B, C, D, E, F, G without even barely knowing too much Spanish, you know? Mm-hmm. I think... um. I think I I had a big mindset change like a few days in because like the first few days I was so scared to go outside and I was like yo like this is this is just gonna be fun this is gonna be a fun Mm. time and like with everybody's eyes on me I would always think like oh they know I'm not from here they're gonna try to rob me no it's like oh they they're all looking at me and they're all so excited that a brown skin boy is here like I just like changed the way that I was thinking about it you know Mm -hmm. and like it's it's absolutely amazing how much our mind can stop us and it's absolutely amazing how much you know like we can do with the right mindset guys it's actually funny because on my first day in paris i actually ordered myself a bacon croissant and you know i'm a muslim girl so i cannot eat a bacon croissant but that's Mm. like the fun of it you know like i have i think my biggest tip obviously if you're in a foreign country have the google translate up which I typically use, but you know, I saw this yummy looking croissant and I ordered it. So that was silly of me. I had this croissant and then later that night I got pizza and I asked for two slices of pizza and the man gave me two boxes of pizza and there was a little miscommunication because, you know, he's speaking in French and France. I'm speaking in English and France. And so Mm -hmm. that was on me. So I ended up just having to get one box and also it did not fill me, you know, Parisians barely eat. But anyway, (laughs) so I'm saying have like, that's, that's the fun part. Like, it when you hear this from an outside perspective it's like oh my god you can't communicate in a country like then that means you should never go there no like there are a lot of people in france that speak english and second of all you can still get by speaking in like hand signals or like you know saying like simple stuff that they understand especially if you're in a restaurant like they understand things like the menus are in english as well and it's like that shouldn't be the only thing to stop you because first of all there's google translate Second, English is a very well-known language that most people know. And third, you're not the first person to solo travel as an American 
speaker or an English speaker, yeah. you know? So it's like, you know, people have done it before you and people are still doing it. So just think about that. I think on top of that, obviously bring like your charger or a portable charger because your phone's going to die when you explore and you use your maps and stuff. And third, um, if you don't have data or if you don't have Wi-Fi outside, like if it's not reliable, obviously in a foreign country, make sure you screenshot all of your directions before you leave so that you have it on your phone. Because I think something else on top of that is that like, you know, people can smell that you're foreign. People can smell that you're not from there, from your yeah. actions immediately from how you speak, immediately from like anything that you do. And I think a lot of like pickpocketers or people are, they that's what they look for. So if you're constantly looking on your phone to look at directions, or if you're constantly just like looking around because you look nervous, that just does not look good, you know? So yeah. it's I mean, important to- huh that's that's anywhere you go you know, yeah you yeah exactly never... so that's that's what i'm saying like since i grew up in new york i have this awareness for the most part already but obviously you have to be more intuitive in another country because you don't know anyone but um it's very important to like you know trust your intuition trust your gut be aware of your surroundings usually i don't have my airpods in if i'm in another country like i didn't have my airpods in um usually i'll have it in if like I don't want anyone to talk to me. That's just like my way of like, you know, don't speak, but I'm not, I don't have anything playing because I think it's very important to hear, you know, the things going around you and like, you know, make sure that you're just aware. So don't yeah. have anything loud on, um, you know, just, just be very aware, especially as a female. Um, you know, yesterday I met some friends and they were telling me how like they, aware, they were aware of like the pickpocketers by the subway and they were kind of just like scouting out people's bags and like all of the hand movements that they were doing to see like where they put their phone where they put their wallet and like you know there's people like that everywhere like obviously it's like that in new york and every single city but again you have to be you know more conscious especially if you're a foreigner because you don't know you know how to get around so i think those are my biggest things to stay safe as a woman i think something else on top of that is that um actually your your god sister told me about this she said to not speak to any strangers. Obviously, that's the case in most places. But I think especially as women, we're always very subjective to being nice. We're always like, you know, trying not to like hurt anyone's feelings. And, you know, we'd speak to anyone. But I think the biggest thing is that you have to be rude and ignore people and like just, you know, not give them the attention. Because I've noticed that like when I'm by the Eiffel Tower or like when I'm by touristy areas, there are people like volunteers asking you to sign like papers for like the deaf or, you know, whatever, asking for donations, whatever it is. And their first question to get your attention is, do you speak English? And I think that's mm -hmm. their way of like, to see if you're from the area or not. And, you know, at the end of the day, obviously they can be like real volunteers, like, you know, whatever, but you, you don't know that. So it's like, you have to be very, um, just ignore them. Like just say you don't speak English or like, don't even look their way. Like if they're asking for money, and they don't look, you know, like genuine, even, even the people that look genuine, like you never know. That's the thing. Just say no, you know, just say no. Um, and then the last thing is don't put your belongings in a very like open pocket or pocket in general or an open bag, because again, people can see the imprint of it. People can very quickly cut your bag or like see it or grab it or whatever. But again, these are like all things that, um, 
you should be aware of in any city. And this isn't to say to like scare you, but I think it's just nice to, you know, be prepared before you go somewhere and not let this stop you. Because obviously when you hear all of this, it sounds intimidating and it sounds like a lot and that, you know, it seems like you can't even enjoy yourself because you have to like pay attention to all these things. But I think at the end of the day, it's just like the basic things that you probably were already doing. And these things are not going to stop you from having a good time. You know, it's like, you know, me, me just holding onto my phone instead of putting it in my bag. is not going to stop me from like sightseeing and touristing, you know? So, but I think those are like the biggest fears that I had before I came here because, you know, you know, the world is scary, especially towards women, but obviously you're not the first one to travel. So don't, don't let those fears stop you from that because I know this, was a very highly requested question. Um, but yeah, I, I hope some of you guys can do this traveling yourself and it inspires you. Okay, so before we continue, as you guys know, we do our responses at the end of our episode to give advice and answer questions, whatever it is. And we post them on our Instagram at Difficult Dish. If you guys don't know, please follow us so you can participate in the next episode. So this time around, we asked you guys to send us questions about solo traveling and what you want to know. And so we got a lot of questions, obviously, about how to stay how to stay safe as a woman and, you know, adjusting. But let's bring up some of the questions that we haven't really touched on. So someone asked, how do you get over the anxiety of being lonely? Slash, like, does it ever get lonely when you don't get to share that experience with someone else? I think... You know, I think a lot of people who are going to be traveling for the first time, they're going to go to a place that is probably a bit more popular. They're not going to go to freaking Antarctica for their first trip. Mm. You know, like even though Medellin isn't the most popular city, Medellin is a very popular travel city. And Medellin has countless hostels that have that are all extremely safe, that have tens of thousands of reviews on Google. Um that are all in very public areas that are f- always filled with people that always have events meant for travelers to meet each other. That's literally how I made all the friends that I made. I went to hostel events, little secret that I don't know if it's a popular secret or not. If you are traveling to anywhere, if you're going to New York City, you need to make friends, go to hostel event. Don't go to, don't go to a random ass hostel. Find obviously a safe hostel that is trustworthy on online and I promise you, all hostels have events that are meant for people mm-hmm. like you to meet people like you. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my absolute biggest tip on how to make friends in, mm-hmm. in a place that you've never been to. Even if, like, you don't have to be somewhere foreign. Like, even if you're going to freaking, like, Denver, Colorado for a weekend just for fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure yeah, the same it doesn't have to type be of grand. stuff happens. Yeah. Um, um, but at least for me, um, I... I went knowing that I'm going to be spending a lot of alone time and I enjoy my alone time. That's just me. Um, Maybe I can't really answer this question for someone who doesn't enjoy being as alone as much as I do. Um, But for the times that I wanted to hang out with somebody, I knew that, you know, even like the first trip that I took to Medellin, like the first night, I was so tired. I literally just want to go to bed. But I was like, okay, if I don't go out tonight, I there's a chance that I'm not going to make any friends this entire trip. Um, so it's just like you, you have to pick b- 
between two decisions and deep down you know which decision is right but sometimes your fear your anxiety will tell you that the wrong decision is right but you know which one is right so just follow you know your inner feeling i think personally like i'm not going to be having the same type of experience as machine where i'm like able to make friends like that just because you know that's not really my intention really and i don't like go out at night to make friends um but yeah i think get used to being alone but that's not a bad thing you know being alone you learn a lot about yourself and then on top of that obviously like in this day and age we have the electronics we have technology where we can communicate with anyone so it's not like you're going to be lonely i still facetime with shun all the time and my mom and my friends it's not like just because i went somewhere i don't have any contact with them you know you can still share things with people it doesn't have to be in person and if it is in person like that's great too you can make friends there but i don't think it's lonely i think um you just make use of that time and try to find other things that you do like you know i have this big airbnb that i'm staying at and i just if it's like too quiet for me i just like well, play podcasts you know while i'm doing my stuff so it's like you know just fill the void with other things in healthy mm-hmm. safe ways all right, I think that was one of our most highly requested questions on top of how to stay safe. Um, do you have any 10 second advice before we end the episode? Not really. Other than go solo travel. <laughs> yeah, I think my advice is just like push yourself out of your comfort zone in whatever way you can. Obviously, like I'm not saying to just book a trip right now, but in a small way, you know, maybe just go to a place nearby that you've never been to or like just do something that scares you or talk to a friend or talk to someone new that you've always wanted as a friend just make that move and I think it would be just a nice change in your life that can be very um, beneficial for you and I mean you know ne- you'll never know unless you try you know and it's important to be uncomfortable in during your growth but yeah that's our episode we hope that it helps some of you and that you like our experience with solo traveling make sure to follow us on instagram at difficult dish and our tiktok which is at difficult dish podcast where we post um very frequently but yeah thank you so much for listening we love you guys and we'll see you next week Hello, Hafiz.